0: You are listening to SaaS Growth. On this podcast, we can cover the ins and outs of growing a B2B SaaS company to help point your compass in the direction of success. During this podcast, we will be interviewing experts from all over the world as they share the best tactics and strategies they're using to grow their SaaS. My name is Cedric Pudvey. I'm the CEO of Vertex Marketing Agency, an agency where we focus solely on growing B2B SaaS companies. And I'm also one of the co-hosts of the show. When we're not interviewing industry leaders, we will be sharing some of the systems we are implementing for our clients. Let's launch. Hi, this is Cedric Padve, and I will be your host for this episode. Today, our guest has always been an entrepreneur at art. At age 24, he entered the entrepreneur world after competing at one of Canada's top ranked tennis players. He started out importing packaging from the Orient and selling to top retailers in North America. However, knowing he always loved selling and list building, he founded Exchange Leads in 2013, which helps his company build quarterly lists for outreaching new prospects. This was followed by his new venture AutoClose in 2017 that combines both sales engagement and list building all in one platform. So I'd like to welcome Sean Finder.
1: Cedric, thank you so much for having me on the show today.
0: Awesome. I, I'm really happy that you're here. So, Sean, could you give just uh, our listeners a little bit more background about who you are?
1: Yeah, no problem. So, um, but, you know, I come from a tennis background. I was mm-hmm. uh, actually one of Canada's top-ranked tennis players. And at the age of 19, my mom gave me the option to try and pursue my tennis career or go out and get an education. Um, and that's when I started to do my MBA in finance. I realized after a few years of working in finance that uh, sitting behind a computer and and not being able to be personable or talk to people was not my thing. thing. Um, Got an opportunity to be a VP of sales uh, out of nowhere, actually. And then uh, one year after that, um, left my VP of sales job and started my first company in 2013, which was Exchange Leads.
0: Cool, cool. And what was the name of the company that you were a VP of sales?
1: Uh, It was 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 actually a computer software company uh, on, uh in, in downtown
0: Toronto. Okay. Okay. And um, next question for you, it's a very generic question, but I always find it interesting. Why was Autoclose developed in the first place?
1: So that's a great question. So my first, you know, the first company exchange was actually developed because what happened when I got into my sales role and I had these sales people working for me, I realized that the quality of data, the phone numbers, the emails that we were providing them were all inaccurate. And we were, We were purchasing these lists for thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. and then I'd be spending so much money on employees that literally couldn't, you know, couldn't succeed because I wasn't given the tools to succeed. So we picked our first company, which was our data company, Exchange Leads. And then uh, three years after that, we parlayed that into Autoclose. And the the way we came up with Autoclose was people loved our platform. They loved our data, but they would say, you know what? We have U.S. data. We then have to find somewhere to email the data and then we need to find a CRM and et cetera. And I feel like sales leaders nowadays want to consolidate everything into, you know, one tool where they can do everything. So we mm-hmm. actually just parlayed the data company. So that the database now lives inside our new platform that launched two years ago, Autopost.
0: Okay. And it's, it's more than just data, right? Cause uh, I believe it does sequences too. Like what exactly does it do?
1: Yeah. So it's an all-in-one sales tool. So you can build out, you know, six, eight, 12 um, email follow-up sequences that could include video email, calendarly integration. You can do, um, you know, you can put days between each email. And the, the cool thing is once that reply, you get a reply from that prospect saying, you know, yes, I'm interested. No, I'm not, you know, reach back in January. They're automatically re- removed from the sequence. So ideally what it does, it saves a, you know, a solopreneur, a small company, or your typical salesperson, you know, 10 to 15 hours a week in prospecting while mm-hmm. still following up with the prospects. Cause we all know sales sometimes sometimes get lazy with follow-ups
0: oh yes <laughs> <laughs> I know that <laughs> um, so my next question is I, I'm a big believer that uh, for every tool, for it to really work it needs to be wrapped into a process if not it's just a tool so could you kind of sh- just share some experience with me and uh, some of our listeners about some of the strategies that you've uh, maybe were able to use by using your tool or any other kind of tool for sales outreach
1: yeah and that's a great question. I, you know, looking back 10, 15 years ago, you know, sales continues to evolve. It continues to change every year. It's changing. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, you know, you could probably rely on going on. You know, when there wasn't internet twenty years ago, thirty years ago, you could knock on doors, and you know, then it, it transitioned into cold calling, and then emailing, came and marketing automation, etc. But nowadays, we're at a point where there's so many different tools out there yep. that you have to try and consolidate them into one tool for. Um, for your sales rep. Not only that, you need to, you need to use more than one channel. Um, so you can't just rely on cold calling. You can't just rely on the emailing. And nowadays, um, one of the biggest thing is social. So the best way to build out a sequence is by combining at least two, potentially three of those channels inside your sequence to get success. And I think the one that people are starting to get involved in, which they need to get more involved in, is social selling, which is, you know, adding people on LinkedIn and trying to engage them on LinkedIn um, before you just send out a cold email.
0: I see. Yeah. Um, I, I totally, I totally agree with you. And in terms of personalization, like, what do you think about that? Oh, a hundred
1: percent. Yeah. I mean, like I was, I was telling somebody the other day, like, you know, if I get a cold email and somebody has not done any research, I won't reply. However, because people know that I've played tennis. And if you're listening, if you want to send me a cold email to pitch your business, if you mention tennis in that email, I am way more likely to reply to the email because that's a passion of mine. So what I tell people to do is, you know, you can go on LinkedIn, you can find some sort of interest, you can bring up something about the weather, but you can try and find some some nugget that will help you stand out more from all the other email prospecting emails, you know, owners, CEOs, or whoever your target market might be getting.
0: No, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, for for us, when we first uh, launched our first, uh, Uh, I guess, a lead gen, we were using, we were really using LinkedIn. And and one of the strategies we were using is we were connecting with people and then just adding a note. And also when we connected with the person, we would also just, at first we were sending the, like, just a generic uh, LinkedIn message saying, hey, thanks to connect. But then when we actually looked at that, we were like, hmm, you know what? It's not really personalized. There's just so many people uh, that, for even me, that messaged me every day that says, hey, Cedric, thanks for connecting. And like, you know automatically that after a few days, they'll send you another, another message to try to sell you something, right? I'm sure that happens to you also.
1: Yeah, and, and, right? and, and, and so I'm happy you bring that up because the funny thing is people don't personalize enough. I'll tell you on LinkedIn, I almost tell people like sales is almost like dating. It's like if you go on mm-hmm. a date with somebody and that other person talks 90% of the time about themselves, you're not going to get a second date. It's the same thing with selling. When you actually add a connection on LinkedIn, one of the lines, and I'll give you guys a line that's worked for us, and work for um, a few people that I've I've told it to is you want to be able to provide value to the person you're connecting with. So you're asking someone to connect. So what can you do for them? So saying a line like, you know, thanks for connecting. I look forward to, um, to, um, you know, continuing to listen to your podcast, Cedric, feel free to browse my network for any industry introduction. So there that line at the end is saying, "Okay, okay, Cedric, now you, Now that we're going to connect, not only are we going to connect so we can be connected, but you can also browse my network. And if you see anybody that I can introduce you to, mm-hmm. I'll do it. And that's the best way to build relationships.
0: Wow. I really like that. I've actually never thought about that. What we're currently doing right now that it, that seems to, to be working really well is instead of sending a message, we send a voice message. Um, and it's just our way of kind of standing out. But no, that's a really good point that you've made, actually. Saying like, "Hey, how can I help you? Like, do I have anyone in my network that you think would see you would see some value in of yeah. connecting with?" And I it's funny you mentioned the. Really
1: vo- point. It's funny you mentioned the voice because you are now the third person that's told me that. And to be honest, it's something I haven't done, and I one hundred percent agree with you. You want to know why? Because if you want to stand out, you got to do things a little bit differently. So if there's mm-hmm. not many people doing voice, you should start doing it because I. I know, for example, we I, I signed on a client and have a big a good relationship with a big sales trainer in the US. And he actually reached out to me via LinkedIn voice. So um that's a great cool. way you're doing it as well.
0: Cool. Yeah. No, I, I always just use either voice and videos, even in emails outreach. I, I really rarely use text just because again, my 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 rule is when I see everyone's doing the same thing, that's when I know I need to do the opposite.
1: A hundred percent. that's that's the way I've uh my, I've been my whole career is I'll, I'll always be a little bit different.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Um, I, I'd like if you could talk a little bit more about uh, the sales intelligence side of uh, your software.
1: Yeah. So, you know, one of the, the, the things you know, I think people don't spend enough time is, and I had this discussion with somebody the other day is, you know, people think that they should go into a sales engagement tool or even a CRM. And, you know, it's like, you know, it's like plug and play. You just plug it in, you let it run and you don't worry about it but you have, to, you have to be very involved and you have to be looking at the metrics. One of the ways that we help people is um, lead scoring. You know, if you're sending out all these emails, I think it's A, important to find out, okay, which of your call to actions are getting you the most traffic? Is it people clicking on your website, clicking on your Calendly, clicking on a blog? So those metrics need to be looked at, but also how often they're looking at your website and stuff, because all that stuff will help with your lead score. And then you should know Who are your warmest leads? So what we do inside is we rank your leads from, you know, one to a hundred. And obviously your number one is the one you want to be spending your time on because those are the ones that, especially now close to the end of the year, um, those are the ones that are are more likely to um, turn into a close one deal.
0: Based on your experience, like when do you think, for example, a lead is like sales qualified at what level of engagement do you think? I know it's uh, it's a really hard question because I don't think there's a, there, there's a perfect answer for that. But like, what do you think is the time that you know, okay, that lead is ready. That lead is sales qualified.
1: So how I usually know, and it's one of those things like you kind of know, but it's, it's when you have, for example, you have a, say you have an eight, a, a sequence of eight and you know, two or three of those are emails you've connected with them on LinkedIn. They've posted something, you've commented on it and they're kind of starting to reply to your comments. You know, you found some sort of nugget interest that they do and they're replying to you. So. Once you feel like, you know, like you've warmed them up enough, um, you know, I, I say like, it's once you taste blood like a pit bull, you go, in for, you go in for the kill. And that's what I think you should do in sales. You can't just go in for your sales pitch right from the beginning. You have to kind of you know, nurture them, nurture them, mm-hmm. baby them, baby them. And once you get that, you know, that, that kind of feeling that, okay, now's the time. But I would as I said, you have to get on the phone. Um, even voice is great because then they've heard your voice before video emails are great because then they've seen your face before. So do stuff like that to almost build the relationship before you actually go in for the close.
0: No, that's, that's, that's a really good point. Um, so the last question I have before we, uh, wrap up this uh, episode is especially, I think everyone, when they start, when they build their first, uh, lead gen or sequence, or some people call it cadence, um, I mean, the first one is never the best. For example, uh, the first one that we've implemented in the company was the one that uh, HubSpot gives for you for like for free automatically. So they, they, always, they already have like a sequence already created for you and you can just use their template and there you go. All right. So we first started with that, which it generates some results. But then after doing a lot of research, we saw that there was definitely some room for improvements to now. Uh, really all our sequences and our lead gens, they're all more a one-to-one and not one-to-many. So it's really personalized and tailored. So if you could give some advice to anyone struggling with their lead generation or just, or just looking to implement a more personalized one, like what would it be?
1: Um, I would say a few things. One is before you send any message, make sure you know your buyer's persona. There's so many people out there that don't know who their buyers are. Because remember, if you're going to sell up, you know, if you're selling a product to say any SaaS product, not even my, any, you know, what does a CEO want? A CEO wants mm. more revenue. They want a return on the investment they're going to pay for your product. So your messaging needs to be around how can you increase that CEO's revenue of this company? Now, if you're reaching out to a VP of sales, for example, or say, let's say a national sales manager, a national sales manager won't be necessarily, you know, they want to increase revenue but they want their regional sales managers have a fully booked calendar of demos. So what's going to make them tick is, you know, bringing more demos. So you got to know your buyer's persona and and put that in your personalization. So when you actually send that email, that first three seconds of that email, that first line, you have to hit that pain point. One of the reasons why is because you don't want to be talking about your prospect or about yourself. Sorry. But the second thing is on a mobile phone, your prospects only going to see the first 12 Mm -hmm. words of your sentence. So if you're talking about yourself saying, you know, hi, my name is Sean Finder and I'm the CEO of ABC, you don't, they they don't care. You're not telling them how you're going to help them. So make sure you tell them that first line and you personalize it with how you're going to help them. Um, And then secondly, know the industry. Um, For example, if you want to target this month or you want to do like a sprint around, you know, the logistics and transportation industry, you want to bring up words like full truckload, less than truckload, manufacturing to distributor those kind of words that resonate with somebody in the transportation industry and Speak personalize. Your, exactly. And personalize your message around, like you just said, their language.
0: Oh, that, that's awesome. That's some really great advice, Sean. Again, thank you. Thanks a lot for, uh, for coming in on this episode. I, I, I have actually, I've learned a, a few things, especially the one with uh, the LinkedIn outreach message. I'm definitely going to try that out. I'll let you know how it goes. And I, I think uh, definitely our listeners, uh, Definitely uh, learn, learn some, some new stuff too.
1: Perfect. Well, thanks for having me on the show. And hopefully uh, I, I gave a few nuggets here today.
0: Yeah. So, Sean, actually one more thing. So if our l- listeners want to connect with you, how should they uh, reach out to you?
1: I would uh, follow me on LinkedIn. I post a lot of content. I answer okay. everything on LinkedIn. So just go to LinkedIn, type in Sean Finder. Um, you can email me, Sean, that's S-H-A-W-N at autoclose.com. And that's autoclose with a K. Um and if you have if you want more information about you know our tool um autoclose.com and that's autoclose once again with a k
0: Awesome well thanks thanks again Sean have a great one
1: Thank you